Welcome to episode two of the Dorset Growth Hub podcast. Today we are joined by John Featherby, who's the owner of Shawmount, one of the UK's founding B Corps. This is a certification for meeting the highest standards of social and environmental impact. John will be providing advice on how you can be more sustainable, be more B Corp and the organisational benefits from being so. This episode was recorded as part of our Beyond 2020 audio conference and due to the great success we wanted to launch this series publicly and give you all the opportunity to listen in, learn and develop your own ideas. If you are looking for more support for your business, head to our website dorsetgrowthhub.co.uk, register to get access to more free resources, advice, events, grants and much more. We really appreciate your support for this podcast, so if you enjoy the episode, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. Really hope you enjoy this one. Over to John and Rich. Good morning, John. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Morning. Thank you very much for having me too. Yeah, well, just been a lovely walk, so in a good mood. Good, good, good. Is the sun out where you are? Sun is out where we are. Yeah, we've had some pretty horrific rain. We live in the countryside, so if it rains really hard, we are kind of flooded in. But yeah, it's it's nice. It feels like we've had endless sun this year. But Yeah, we can't complain. Because we've gone from summer to winter with no autumn almost. Yeah, true, true, true. Well, welcome, John. Thank you thank you for joining us. Do you want to just uh, introduce yourself and what you do so people listening kind of know who you are and what you're about? Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, one of the main reasons I'm here is to do with my relationship with the B Corp movement. So... And my company was one of the founding B Corps in the UK when we launched it in 2015. Back then, it was just sort of an idea and a hope that we could create something that might create a sort of center of gravity for some new thinking around what the purpose of business is. And it's gone on to capture people's attention. And I, for, but for a long time, I've just been involved in this space about how do we redefine success in business. And it's taken me in a number of different directions. And one of those has been joyous podcast like this <laughs> thank you <laughs> so just for those that might not know the term what does b corp mean and represent and why is it important so b corp is part of a, a much larger movement which is asking the question what is the role of business in society what is the role in business of business in its in terms of its relationship with nature and the environment and this is a question that has been increasingly posed over the last 30, 40 years, but definitely took on a lot more energy and vigor around the time of the last financial crisis. And it was a movement that began in the US just over 12 years ago. And I think around that time, I think the first cohort in the US was 2008. But uh, And it's, it's a collection of businesses that feel like we've, we create something that is new that says this is a better way of running a business that actually it provides an alternative to the status quo and it can become a the theory of change is that that can then become a center of gravity for a more positive more harmonious way of running a company and a lot of you know very popular brands in that arena got involved very early on like patagonia and ben and jerry's and more recently people like the body shop and a variety of UK firms too. And yeah, like a lot of other movements, when you start them or get involved early on, you don't know if they're going to go anywhere. And you know, plenty of things I've done you'll never heard of you'll never hear of because they didn't. And this one <laughs> seems to have captured people's imagination and offered that lightning rod for the conversation. 
And do you, why do you think that is? You just, sorry, just to touch on capturing people's imagination. Are, is that in the past six months, you know, the times that we're in, or, or are you talking the past couple of years? It's been, it's, I think it's following a bit of an exponential curve. So it's trundled along. When you're in it, you can see that it's growing and it's moving towards that part of the curve where it explodes. But I mean, anything that comes along and challenges people's sense of security, their health and wealth, like the last one did in, in from a financial perspective, and this one obviously is doing both at once, it pause, makes people pause and think, what am I doing in my life? Um, am I doing something meaningful? What does it mean to be a human being? All those much more deep, deeper questions pop up. And obviously, in the background, of course, the climate discussion has, has become increasingly noisy and increasingly pertinent. And all those things together have just created an atmosphere where people want to be doing something more meaningful with the time they spend at work and what we spend our money on. And I also think the big picture, consumerism and individualism as a way of thinking about the world has really been tried and found wanting. It hasn't provided the sense of meaning, dignity, identity, belonging that people thought that it would. So everybody's looking for something else. And one of the expressions of that is how do we use business in a more positive way? Is there, is there a certain generation, do you think, that are more thinking along these lines or are you, do you I mean you said ge- people in general but but do you think there's a very specific sort of category of people or not is it is the whole world almost thinking along these lines yeah I think I well 2020 I think is a is going to be one of those years that change an awful lot of things I mean the whole planet doesn't get sent home and then come back out of it in the same way but in terms of generational shift I mean, younger people are more instinctively engaged. That is definitely true. You obviously hear a lot of, sort of mm-hmm. used to hear a lot about the kind of millennial thing. But at really, most cases, people are looking for permission to engage with this. It, I don't ever engage with people that don't understand there's a problem with the norm or want to be doing something more positive. The challenge is being within a context that you feel says no. And once you start to connect people that, you know, you find out your peer is on the edge of burnout or is dealing with, you know, how on earth do we shift this tanker in a new direction, you start to gain confidence and you start to feel there's social permission for thinking differently. Because a lot of this change really comes down to a mindset shift. It's not about clever organizational design or, you know, new strategy. It's much more personal than that. And once you feel part of something that's bigger than yourself and it's okay to talk about it, then you have a movement on your hands, which is where we are now. Okay, so so putting that into a, a business context, then, because you mentioned it's a very personal thing. So, in in the business world, how how does a business become more more B Corp, so to speak? Obviously, you know, businesses don't run without all the people in it. So, does it come from a personal point of view, or does it come from a you know more of an initiative as an objective from that company? Different people join for different reasons. I mean, so there's a very functional answer to that question. So, there, you know, B Corp is something you can become. It's a it's a it's a certificate that gets you into a particular community and we work really hard to make sure that the people joining the community go through a rigorous process in terms of helping them think about are they applying this thinking everywhere it's not a it's not a process that's sort of telling you off it's you know the more positive things you do you build momentum and then you find yourself having crossed the threshold and you can be badged as such but in terms of like a way of thinking about business it also depends on the size. You know, the reality is, is a small, medium-sized company will reflect the character and interests of the ownership because you know there are, there are a small number of people and the decision-making is such that 
And so often when, you know, clients we deal with, they may have a stronger interest in the environment, a stronger action around the environmental issues or it could be around the people issues. And that tends to reflect the interests and passions of the person that owns the business. And when you get to a much larger organization, it becomes more complex. And the challenge can be to stop them thinking about the, you know, how do we do something at huge scale, but also get have a much more intimate conversation about, well, who are you working with today? And what can you do in your team that makes a more positive difference? So it really depends on the context. Okay. So in terms of scale of this, we can touch on that. So and the reason I'm touching on this is, you know, we, I mean, this podcast is going out predominantly across Dorset, but it will be the sort of South Coast as well. I mean, Dorset is made up of essentially small, medium-sized companies. So if if they go, if they make a decision about what they're doing as a business and B Corp is is part of that decision, is this something that is just for bigger organizations or can a no, small, medium business get 100%, involved? 100%. This is for everybody. So we're trying to build a movement that's for everybody from the freelancer to the multinational. And most of our companies are SMEs. They're not multinationals. Just partly, statistically speaking, that's the balance in, in terms of numbers. But also, you know, the family business with family values, they often are instinctively thinking about this stuff more than the corporate is. Sure. So a lot of it is kind of can sometimes be codifying what you're doing already. It's not it's not it shouldn't be seen as a sort of big, scary thing to be getting involved with. We're trying to do something that encourages people with what they're doing already and celebrates that as opposed to just thinking about what could you also be doing on top of the million and one of other things you're doing. I have a particular affinity for the Southwest. My, my parents have a farm in Cornwall and, you know, we love that part of the world. And that's one of the reasons why I'm on here. I think that actually the small the small local businesses have an awful lot to offer. And my experience actually is what's happening is there's a sort of reverse engineering of innovation going on. The typical understandable perspective is like, how do we learn from what the big companies are doing? But what we're finding is the big companies are trying to learn from the small ones. Mm. How have you? How are you creating that culture? How are you staying innovative? How do you stay agile? How do you pivot so quickly? And more and more people are, we call them corporate leapers, are leaving big jobs to go and work for small, medium-sized firms where they feel they belong to something. And the mission and the purpose of the organization is more tangible to them. Mm-hmm. So I think those businesses should be celebrated. I also think from a political perspective, post-Brexit, um, the reality is that British products are going to need to market themselves better in an international way that they're not used to. And all the travel I do, the world looks to British companies as a standard of excellence. So I think there's a there's a there's a there's actually an international question to be answered here as well that you know it doesn't matter whether you're a small business in Dorset or a large business in a city, actually the marketplace is really open and people want to buy from British firms with British values. That's certainly my experience. So I think it's an exciting time to be a small business in the UK. I think potentially, you know, whether we like it or not, there's an awful lot that we're going to have to get our heads around. And Britain is one of the countries that is leading in terms of what does it mean to have a sustainable purpose-led business. So it's a hotbed of thinking. Um, so I'm, you know, really excited to just be, you know, on the journey with everybody else. Sure, change is something that's been on, every, you know, way up on everyone's agendas, I guess, in in the working world, in life in general. Lots and lots of changes. And and talking about B Corp, if if a company is going to make some changes, some really positive changes, do you think at this moment in time, 
it's easier for those smaller businesses to make changes because of being a bit more adaptable and flexible? Or do you think because they've gone through so much change recently, they're, they're less inclined? What's your thoughts and what have you seen? I think there's a lot more willingness to engage now. I think it's a very everyday conversation to think about what, what can we do that's more positive. I have complete empathy for the fact that people already feel stretched and the, the concern is bandwidth. You know, How can we be doing something else? So the question, you know, so often it can be around how do we do, not how do we add things in, but how can we instead celebrate what we're doing well already and change the way we're doing things rather than add stuff in. And often the case is, you know, it saves time and it saves money and gets into new marketplaces. It's, yes, it's an investment in thinking and sometimes it's an investment in time. And I don't want to paint the picture that there is sometimes not always difficult decisions to be made, but the marketplace is changing. And if if you're in two minds about it, you, the chances are you might get left behind. You know, with, so our movement, you know, B Corp in particular, originally it was a lot of people who were already doing it and wanted to create a center of gravity for other people to join. The numbers are exploding in part because people see this is where things is going. These are the companies people work to work for, that are products people want to buy. So the, there is a risk in not changing as much as there was a risk in trying something new. So, so if kind of this priority is sorry, it's not. I wouldn't call it a priority. I'm, the question is going to lead on to why it should become a priority. But if if sustainability, you know, or a B Corp initiative is is in a business, or the, the idea has been sowed, how can it move up the agenda to kind of be a top priority for a company? And I mean that in terms of maybe process and maybe people passion i mean i guess there's loads of different factors that can help move it up that ladder but what would be your tips to to kind of take it forward i mean the reality is is if you're a small business and it's have a, it's very leader led and the decision making all sit all sits with one or two people and they're not interested you're going to find it very difficult to get on the agenda that's a sad reality and um, there are things that businesses miss all the time that they should have done quicker, like going digital or, you know, there's there's a whole, you know, we're a country that has seen constant reinvention of industry and some companies will miss it. So you have to, you also have to weigh up like in the place you're in, how much energy do you expend on trying to get stuff up the agenda if it's not going to go there? You have to invite people into the change. If you try and sell the idea too hard, what you create is a situation where, if they say yes to it, they they feel they have a card to play against you. you know, this went wrong. Right. You sold this to me. It's your fault. <laughs> and I think also you have to be honest with people around that you have your doubts and reservations about what you want to try, whether or not it's just going to work. I think one of the reasons we have a problem with change in corporates in particular is they've constantly been sold this idea of the other side of this buzzword is Nirvana. And it's going to be amazing to be here. And that's almost never true. You know, it's difficult sometimes. And ultimately, it's a collection of human beings, all of who are flawed in some way. So it's, I think you have to create an invitation to change rather than obligate it. And that's also true from the other end. If you're a leader and you want your people to be more engaged, it's the same thing. If you force the change on people rather than invite them into it, they don't own it. Sure. And this really important that the way you go about this is co-owned by everybody. Mm-hmm. So it starts with really good discussion about who are we today, why are we here, and what part of our history do we think is worthwhile leaning on and where do we want to go. Then trusting your instincts and your ideas and having a go. There is nothing to be frightened of. There's no right or wrong answer. 
just try new things and collaborate not just within your company but beyond it too. This is a systemic problem that extends beyond any one business. And we like to talk about companies as rivals rather than competitors. You know, Federer and Djokovic are better tennis players, not because they're trying to kill each other, but because they feel like, well, if we compete well, we can be friends and become better players for it. And everybody else enjoys the sport as a consequence. I think that's how you need to look at this stuff as a, you know, as a business going in the direction. What, what are the other companies that you may have seen as competitors in the past that actually you could be doing stuff with? And how authentic does that mean? the authenticity that gives your message in terms of your mission. That, that's actually a question I was going to pick up on there. You talk about authenticity. So my background in marketing, if I was sort of back in a, in a, in a boardroom with a marketing hat on, I might get really excited that it's, it's a, oh, that's a good angle. Why don't we focus in on it? Do you see that a lot as, a, as a sort of marketers get involved and perhaps take it on a route and perhaps position an organisation that isn't really true to what they're representing? Or does that not happen? Is, is this all about going back to kind of the people and everyone being bought in at the right moment to kind of take it forward? Yeah, I mean, that obviously does happen. And I think, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it's important to tell your positive stories. Uh, I think you do need to be authentic about who you are. And I think that also involves sharing. You know, one of the things we try really hard with the B Corp stuff is, you know, it's about transparency and, you know, where could we be improving and how do we do it together? I think people want to come on a journey with you. I think people don't believe... One of the reasons we have a crisis of trust is this sort of relentless positive messaging. Hmm. And people don't believe it. And you've got to know that people won't believe it if all you say ever say is positive things. Yeah, so it happens. I, I don't mind that if you're doing great things. I, I let the story speak for themselves. But I do think it needs to come from a place of integrity, of course, and you know, our movement in particular, it's becoming a B Corp is the last thing you do as a marketing exercise. It's too much work. And it's not that it's too much work of additional things. It's if that's who you are as a business and you're committed to it, then you'd qualify. But if you, if you only want to sort of do stuff to tick a box so you can have a campaign, you won't bother. That's one of the reasons why it has the kudos is because of the nature of the brands that are in there are the companies everybody knows for the most part is legitimately trying. The type of person, type of company more involved now in this movement, you know, one sense you could say our answer is, our prayer has been answered. You know, we wanted to get to a point where companies thought this was a cool and fun thing to be doing. Mm -hmm. And of course, they want to talk about it. Challenge for us. And actually, you know, using a, the B Corp framework as an example, as a, as a way to get you from nowhere to somewhere. Uh, great. You know, that's where we wanted to be. The challenge that comes with that is, is of course a lot of businesses that have no history of it, or maybe their reputation doesn't say that don't have a reputation for those things. So people will then get sort of cynical, or do they really mean it? But on my experience this year is that a lot of individuals and companies have really woken up to this. And three six months ago they wouldn't have had you in, and now they're picking up the phone in a panic because their heart has changed, or their marketplace has changed, and they recognise. We have got to do something new. So, who, who are you excited about then? And what you've seen in the past three months, six months, you know, if you can mention organisations, who do you think is going to really make an impact on the world with this? Every organisational type under the sun has picked up the phone, from you know global financial institutions down to startups and everybody in between. Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges is that you know, 
for us as a business is the client type is quite hard to pin down because we get called by everybody under the sun, not just sectorally, but the, in terms of their roles. Actually, we often don't aren't approached by the head of sustainability or something. It's often somebody else in the company who has a has a position who says, "I want to use my position to sort of try and shift us. What could what what could we be doing?" And sustainability as a profession has had the challenge of in a lot of companies, particularly the large ones, as being a sort of adjunct to strategy as a reporting function. It's not necessarily been this is who we are as an organization. It's woven right through our DNA. So. Yeah, all sorts. I, I'm I'm just mainly excited because of the quantum. Sure. So the quantum of interest is what's exciting for me. I mean, the reality is 12 months ago, I wasn't being called by a podcast in Dorset saying, <laughs> you know, do you want to come and talk to us? And so, you know, that's that's when, you know, when you've invested an awful lot of emotional and spiritual, spiritual energy over decades plus in trying to get us here, you know, it's it's actually very moving. So I'm, you know, I'm really hopeful for the world. Obviously, looks like it's in a bit of a mess, but I'm actually really hopeful about where we're going. And I, I don't think that ultimately, when you think about it, it's really a question of love. You know, how we love nature, how we love one another, how we love one another through service. At its root, this is quite a philosophical, spiritual shift. Hmm. And I don't think you can unleash that on a group of people, and for it not to have some profound impact. So I'm 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 really excited. Great. It's interesting you touch on that real human element at, at the heart of it all, really. And and perhaps yeah. you're right that that's gonna that's gonna. I think we're all probably a bit more emotionally connected, aren't we, in these past six months? Because like you said earlier, we've all reflected upon a, a time that's been so crazy that that you know maybe the 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 heart of that is going to be these drives to to change things from from something that's really emotive as, as opposed to what functionally might work for an organization or for me as an individual yeah it's quite a good point that sort of love driving it all i like that good sentiment that john yeah you know, I, I yeah this is why i sort of said early on it's very much more personal and intimate than companies mm. are used to dealing with that used to dealing with the change in a very sort of engineering functional process driven way but the question of meaning of work and having a positive in- impact on nature etc there's a philosophical questions that actually need a philosophical response often. Sure. So yeah, and I think that can only generate positive things. Just to finalise, last question then, John, in, in very black and white, I guess, this question, becoming B Corp, what would you say are the sort of top benefits of doing that? It really depends on the company size, but I think a big thing is it puts you in a community that's bigger than yourself that you can be excited about. It can be really fun for your employees to feel part of something that extends beyond the business itself. And it gives you an anchor, a story or a narrative you can wrap all this energy around. Sometimes it can feel otherwise you're just sort of firing things in directions, hope some of it sticks and not quite sure, well, what's the thread line? What runs, what's the sort of you know, the thing that runs through the middle of our story? And so it can be really useful for that. And that can, you know, that also means that being part of that community gives you access to a whole heap of ideas and relationships and marketplaces that you didn't have before. We're a very open, sharing bunch, and you know, we're we're in this together, and we think we're only going to help shift the system if we work in harmony. So, you know, we're helping one another a lot, and and again, and it, it extends you beyond your region, as I sort of mentioned earlier about the international marketplace. It puts you in. It puts you into a new group 
that allows you to grow. I don't necessarily mean economically, but to grow as a business in terms of the maturity and sensibility of the business too. And yeah, and then there's the, obviously the pure marketing play. The B Corp one is the B Corp brand is very strong. Companies like Boots and Waitrose now have kind of online sections to dedicated to B Corps. So we are, you know, we are starting to make some moves in terms of the system recognizing, okay, these companies really mean it. Let's give them an extra push. Oh, yeah. So there's a, there's a range of good reasons to be doing it. And if you're looking for investment, you know, a lot of the B Corps have had great success in raising money too. So there's really a host of ideas, a really a you know, host of benefits of joining. Great. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there, John. Thank you ever so much for for joining us today. Just to to those that are listening to the podcast today. So John will be joining us for a live Q&A joined by our other guests talking around sustainability as a context and, and, and subject matter. So yeah, thanks again, John. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed John's episode and don't forget to listen in to our other guests discussing sustainability, including Anna Frizzell, Nikki Webb and Sukanya Ayatakshi. Or you can head straight to episode five, where all four guests joined us on a panel and answered your questions. If you want to talk more about your business and how we can help you, head to dorsetgrowthhub.co.uk and drop us a message.